and welcome to the first ever FPL Lounge podcast. Football is back and so is Fantasy Premier League. My name is Chris Hopkins and uh, I am joined as ever by the return, the glorious return of football to my dull and pointless international break, Andy Case. Andy, how excited are you? Well, I am exceptionally excited. Uh, I could use the phrase that you managed to squeeze in twice to our five-minute trailer, super excited, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'd go that far. So if any listeners have heard our trailer and managed to make it through to this first full episode, congratulations to you for kind of glossing over or giving Chris a pass on that lovely phrase he decided to use there. Super excited, very hype, much excitement i can't stop saying the word excitement because uh, because it's been i mean it hasn't been as long as we would normally normally have between the last time we saw some premier league football and uh, and now and the last time we were all sort of pouring over our fantasy teams but it's been plenty long enough and even the sometimes the shortest breaks um you know absence makes the heart grow fonder so as i said this is our first ever fpl or full fpl lounge podcast we're hoping to do two a week one preview show which is what this is and then one review show after all of the weekend's action so we're going to kick off with a rundown of the fixtures and then we're going to talk about this week's talking points which obviously is feels like this sort of pre-season talking points in general and how things could impact um, the fantasy Premier League. Then we're going to talk about some a few individual players that might be on our radar. We'll have a quick break and then we'll ha- highlight some individual players and do a bit, a bit of a stats versus eye test where the stats are saying one thing and what we're seeing with our eyes uh, tells us something very, very different. And we'll round off with, uh, with, with, with our captaincy picks for game week one. And then we've got a little game to finish proceedings. How does that sound, Andy? Sounds good. Um, yeah, we've been talking about doing something like this for a while and uh, both of us sort of took FPL a little bit more seriously um, for the first time last season. And um, we, we thought, why not give it a go? So, you know, if there's anything you think uh, you have heard that you like, feel free to let us know by following us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge or, you know, anything that you don't like uh, equally the same. Just let us know. And um, we're really interested to hear your comments. Absolutely. I think that's an appropriate time as well for me to congratulate Andy on his 5K fit, top 5K finish last season. Uh, so well done to you. And I hope to be somewhere closer to you this year rather than sort of several hundred points behind. Um, so anyway, let's start with a run through of the fixtures for game week one. Slightly shorter game week than usual. So we've got Fulham versus Arsenal uh, as a lunchtime kickoff on the Saturday, followed by Palace at Southampton. Liverpool versus Leeds and then West Ham Newcastle rounds off the Saturday evening fixture. Yep, and then moving on to Sunday, there's two games Sunday. It's West Brom versus Leicester and Spurs versus Everton. And then Monday, that's moved uh, two fixtures there, Sheffield United versus Wolves and Brighton versus Chelsea. And of course, all games now uh, in the UK are going to be shown on TV. Uh, Don't forget that um, FPL have moved the deadline times back by 30 minutes um, this season. So with the first kickoff being at 12.30, the Fulham Arsenal game on Saturday, that means your game week one deadline for the first uh, week of this uh, 2020-21 season is uh, 11am this Saturday, the 12th of September. Set your alarms, put it in your calendars now, people, because... Oh, well, I'm definitely, definitely in line to forget. 
Um, so Andy, as we mentioned, uh, slightly shorter game week in, in the sense that there are only eight fixtures rather than the usual 10. Four teams missing from game week one, Man United, Man City, uh, Aston Villa and Burnley. How does the average FPL manager plan around this? I mean, especially towards the end of last season, there were um, you know, a lot of City and United assets that were very popular. I think some Burnley players equally are, are fairly popular. And obviously Villa, Villa I think, have, have made some, some shrewd signings. So, you know, how does one navigate this in game week one? Yeah, so this is an interesting one, I guess, really, isn't it? It's, it we, we weren't sure if perhaps United and City... Um, assets might be available in game week one if that game got got incorporated into midweek or something but no it looks like very much likely that's not going to happen now so I think the first thing to say is that it is only one game week right um obviously many city players and probably United players would be in a lot of people's thinkings if it weren't for this blank game week so you've got to you've got to be a little bit cautious not to maybe just throw the baby out with the bathwater. um and I'd suggest probably just you know when you're doing your drafts and you're looking at all the different options for teams Think about which City and United players you would prioritise, which ones you perhaps would have in your team if it weren't a blank game week. Um, and at the very least, if you don't try and have one or two of them in for the first game week and perhaps on your bench, at least allow yourself some flexibility, some players at sort of similar price points um, that you might be able to move to quite easily without having to maybe take a hit in game week two or three to get those um to get those City or United players back in. So, for example, you know, there's a lot of people looking at one of Salah or Mane or perhaps both and Aubameyang, so two 12 million uh, midfielders. That's quite a good strategy, I think, to be able to perhaps weigh up your options and decide if you want to uh, move one of those to KDB or Sterling um, in game week sort of three. Um, yeah. That, that there's uh, there's other ways around it. I've seen some people actually having Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez, for example, because he's a little bit less expensive in their team, but on their bench. Um, that isn't necessarily a route I'd go down, and I haven't really gone down uh, because I, for me, to, even though it's only one game week, to have ten and a half million sort of that's over ten percent of your budget wasted essentially, um, it is feels like just too much of an expense for me. So, yeah, a few different ways. Um, have you got any other thoughts, Chris? Um. Not especially, other than I, you know, I would imagine that towards the back end of last season, I would have had perhaps five players from these four teams spread across my team, and and it feels odd now to be thinking in completely the opposite just because of one game week. But obviously, you you, know, you, you don't want any any players, especially in your first eleven, not um not starting, and then it feels, as you say, very strange to have three players on your bench that are going to be very high in value, and that you aren't going to have. Um, that you aren't going to get sort of you know any 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 points from at all in the first game week, and, and that's why they're sort of stashed on your bench. So it does feel a little odd, and perhaps in the back of my mind, I'm feeling like it is a bit of a overreaction just to one game week, and you know everyone's getting slightly into into their heads because it's preseason, and you can make as many changes as you want, and you know go through loads of different drafts, but uh, of your team. Um, but yeah, it does feel. It does feel sort of the antithesis of FPL somewhat to be stashing Man City and Man United players and you know, possibly a few a, a few others um, on your bench when they are going to be high value and you know they're not going to you know obviously they're not going to score you any points this week so it does feel a little odd I guess my main concern and I think you've spoken about sort of the wider strategy to this would be how to get them in in a couple of game weeks time without taking the hit. 
or without using a really early wild card. And I think that perhaps you know there has been some discussion within um, FPL sort of circles or FPL social media about potentially taking a sort of doing a wild card early to try and get some of these players back in. I mean, is that a strategy that you think? could work or or is it something that you've explored in particular i know we don't like to talk about our own teams too much um but but yeah is it is it something that that, that i guess you know, is feasible but perhaps isn't something that, that people might want to do well yeah so on that point there's there's plenty of places plenty of people out there fpl twitter people who do reveal their teams and do go through their teams in detail we chris and i might do a bit of talking about that but the plan is really to just kind of offer up a few options here and and and, and talk you through our thinking and different ways of thinking and things that we think are sensible and then kind of you you've got it we're we're both very much proponents of the fact that you as much as advice as you can seek you've got to make your own decisions you know look at look at the stats a little bit yourself watch a little bit bit of football yourself and kind of weigh up your own options um and i think this is one of those examples i've seen plenty of people saying about a wild card um early on uh you know i can see i can see how it makes sense in terms of it gives you two game weeks or what maybe even just one game week to focus all your money you could get a really strong starting 11 with lots of premium players in. you know you could be looking at salah Mane, Aubameyang, Son, Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, loads of sort of premium players from other teams that aren't United and City, um, and then do a full rearranging of your money, spreading it out, you know, that in a way you wouldn't be able to do with just one or two free transfers um, after the second or third game week if you use your wildcard. So, so I can see how that makes sense. But for me, it's not something I'm going to be looking to at all, I think. I mean, we've spoken about how we're going to, we're trying to prepare for doing this podcast, but actually the signings happening left, right and centre. And not only is that going to carry on up until game week one starts, but obviously the deadly transfer window doesn't shut until something like, I think it's the 5th of October. So I would be looking to hold my wildcard to at least when the transfer window shuts and we've got a better idea about exactly who is the final sort of squads for each team. Um, also, another argument for that would be that City, as well as having that blank first game week, their game week two and three fixtures, they've got Wolves and Leicester. So, you know, teams that were sort of top six last season and did and did really well um, have strong squads themselves. So would I, you know, do I want to be using my wild card or taking hits to, to sort of, although City players are City players, right? And, you know, KDB, Sterling, Aguero, they can score against anyone. Do, you know, do I want to be taking hits and risks there for fixtures against Wolves and Leicester? Maybe not. So, yeah, it's not a strategy I've sort of contemplated using seriously, really. Absolutely. Makes makes perfect sense. And, and yeah, I think I think I completely agree with you. And I think it's just worth mentioning at this point for sort of full disclosure that we're recording this on Wednesday lunchtime. It's a little, little bit earlier than we would have liked to record just because of uh, various other commitments. But um, but yeah, so, you know, things change between now and game week one. Don't don't hate us too much. Um, let's move on to to some other sort of emerging FPL storylines and I guess this is one that's you know obviously been um been been hot on FPL Twitter and FPL social media throughout the pre-season in the sense that you know there's been some uh, some repositioning of some of last year's premium strikers um or some of last year's strikers that, that, that performed pretty well um seems to mean that to me at least that there's a bit of a dearth of strong strikers this year in FPL so how would one navigate that, do you, do you think? Well, the word, the word dearth made two appearances in our trailer as well. And here it is again, rearing, rearing its head in, 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 the, uh, in the first full episode. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, a, it's a, an apt word to use because um, 
obviously there were there was there was an argument and i think we we we've spoken about it when we were talking about last season about how there were so many premium options in midfield last year anyway um, and how a lot of the sort of points were seeming to come there um and there's been moves this uh, you know over the off season that have meant that now the uh, there's even more potentially. So Martial, who a lot of people had because he was getting five points a goal and playing as number nine, has been reclassified as a forward. But plenty of other people, Greenwood, uh, Aubameyang being two sort of big examples, are now uh, classified as midfielders. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And this is why I love game week one. And just the start, first day of the season is one of my favourite days of seasons anyway, because you, st- you want to see what shape teams sort of play in, um, Will Bamiang play through the middle or out on the left? That type of thing. And um, does Greenwood start after his sort of misdemeanours with on international duty? Um, but but it, it also helps with the sort of concept that a lot of people are going for of having lots of midfield players, maybe having only one or two sort of strikers starting, and therefore most of their money is there for in midfield players. And certainly that's what that's what my team's looking like at the moment. Yeah. No problem. And then I guess just one final question then before we move on. Um, you mentioned sort of game week one being you know, one of your favourites of the season just because it's the first opportunity to see team shape. Do you place much sort of um, stock in pre-season? Um, what you've seen of that? Or is that something that you know you think that some data is OK, but ultimately pre-season doesn't really mean a lot in the, in the grand scheme of things? I think you've kind of summed it up there with the latter, really. Yeah, um, you, it can be useful for seeing if players are injured, how well they're returning from injury, that type of thing. Um, but like shapes and formations, often um, formations and, and teams are changed because of who's available and who they might be resting to be fully fit for the first proper game and that type of thing. Um, like, for example, we've seen Son playing through the middle a lot for um, Spurs in preseason, where it's very, very likely he's not going to do that come game week one. So, yeah, you've got to take it with a bit of a pinch of salt, but but can be useful for looking at like youngsters who've, who've come through the academy and, may, and are now making the first team squad, for example. Um, there's a couple of four point zero defenders uh, Mitchell at, at Palace and Johnson at West Ham who are catching a lot of people's eyes being sort of potential first team starters and, and cheap de- defensive options so it's good for stuff like that but you've got to take some of the, the 11s and formations with a bit of a pinch of salt. Great excellent okay well then let's move on to our sort of player on the radar section um, I think ordinarily we'd sort of treat this as an opportunity to highlight three or four players that have sort of caught our eye perhaps perhaps in the last game week or perhaps over the last few weeks that we're starting to watch and with the sort of idea of potentially putting them in our team in, in, in a week or so's time. I think obviously this being game week one, um, we can't, don't really have sort of the previous game weeks to, to, to go off. So we're going to treat this a little bit differently and we're going to talk about multiple players, but perhaps new signings that we don't have any sort of FPL data on. So, you know, naturally Salah and Mane and Trent might well be on our FPL radar this week, but it feels a bit pointless talking about them so let's talk about some of the new signings and I think we'd be um we'd be remiss if we weren't to talk about Chelsea who have been splashing the cash left right and center particularly in the Bundesliga um in this transfer window and they have really made some some quite eye-catching signings that could be really interesting for FPL players Andy yeah um absolutely uh the uh, 
this is, well, like I said before, I love game week one. And one of the reasons I love it is essentially because every player is on the radar. Um, even even the Salah and Mane's, I've heard some people saying they uh, th- this is a bit of a, of, a, of a niche opinion, I think, at the moment. But Salah's uh, powers are waning slightly. Some people suggesting he he isn't quite at the... I mean, he's still obviously a good, good, a good player, but people suggesting he's not at the 25-30 goal a season level he was a couple of years ago. Hipster opinion. You do you do love a hipster opinion, Chris, as long as as well as with your hipster beards. But um, yeah, so 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 yeah, every player basically is on the radar. I guess is the point I'm making in reality. But like you say, I think the ones I'll be I'll be particularly keen to have a look at um, are these new signings. And you've said Chelsea, there, Werner, Ziyech, if Havertz maybe plays. I mean, Havertz is one. Just generally thinking longer term, I'm very very keen on. And I think. A lot of people probably are, but he he looks like a player, and at eight and a half million, could be an absolute steal this season. Yeah, completely. Um, but obviously, he doesn't look like he's necessarily going to be playing game week one. So eyes more so on Ziyech and Werner um, to see how they fit in, uh, where they play, and and um, particularly Ziyech. You know, he's only eight million as well, and he's got a bit of a reputation of being a bit of an assist machine. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, thinking about some of the other teams that have made. Um, sort of not necessarily splashy, but interesting signings or, or multiple signings so far this window. I think, again, you know, we have to talk about Newcastle. They had a fairly slow window, but then a lot of teams have so far. And like you say, the window goes on for at least you know, almost a month into, into, the, into the season. So there's still plenty of business to be done. But, you know, Callum Wilson and, um, and Ryan Fraser and to a slightly lesser extent, perhaps Jamal Lewis, you know, they, those first two they've got FPL pedigree they've got definitely got Premier League pedigree so I think those two um, you know in a Newcastle team that didn't look too bad towards the back end of last season and I see that they're you know, seem to be fairly um, fairly high on the sort of you know, relegation odds but to me that seems a little bit misguided I think they they could have a sneaky good season and um, again you know I end up watching quite a lot of Everton in my in my household because because of my flatmate so James Rodriguez I mean he's got global pedigree former world cup golden boot winner um you know how he settles into the to the premier league I think could be interesting he's obviously a very new signing so whether you want to go for him so early I think um you know remains to be seen but but he's a player that could really sort of light up both the premier league and FPL this year um Andy have you got any any more for me yeah, well, um, a, a couple more I've got my eye on, but just to say quickly on, on Wilson and Fraser, I think that's going to be very interesting. And again, the point of this section of the of the podcast, you know, players on the radar, that's definitely something on my radar. Having a look at, you know, even if they were in different teams, I'd be interested to see how they perform, you know, in their new teams now. But the fact that they've, they've both gone to Newcastle and they both have, like you say, FPL pedigree, they scored plenty of points in the season before last. It'd be very interesting to see how they link up and, 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 and the points they potentially score. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in Crystal Palace a little bit. I think what we were talking about earlier about all the money being in midfield, I'm looking for cheap striker options to support maybe one premium striker that I'll have in my squad. At the moment, like a lot of people, I imagine I've got um, Mitrovic, but I, you know, there's there's rumblings that Batshuayi is going to be 
making a season-long loan move to Crystal Palace. Um, and, and he scored, I think, a goal at every other game when he was there for the second half of the season before last on loan, um, which is a great scoring record. And he's going to be supported by a potentially, you know, arguably even more creative cast now with Zaha, you know, really stepping up over the last couple of seasons, Townsend and um, Eze now coming in from from QPR. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be very interested to see how Batshuayi does. He's a, he's a a kind of underrated really good finisher I think as well and if he was to get a full season at number nine in the Premier League that that could be a steal yeah I completely agree with that I think he got two last night didn't he when Belgium were playing um playing Iceland so so you know clearly sharp clearly got a bit of early season form behind him so so yeah I think I think he's he's interesting and then one more perhaps that that, that we can just quickly mention would be Matt Doherty at Spurs, a uh, bit of an FPL darling for the last two years in his stints uh, or stint at Wolves. Um, I think there seems to be a bit of doubt whether he'll transfer that into Spurs' system. Spurs are a little bit more negative than Wolves. Whether they play three at the back with Doherty's wing back remains to be seen. So it's whether his his powers and his sort of free role that he had um, out wide for Wolves translates into Spurs' team. And for me, he'd be one that I would definitely look to avoid especially as a six million uh six million pound defender and like you say i think i'll probably be focusing a lot of my funds at least on my midfield to start with perhaps with only one uh premium defender um um yeah i mean any 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 last thoughts andy or, or shall we take a quick break well my, my, my last thoughts would be just quickly on dirty um it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in a four like you say they're kind of um Jose Mourinho loves a 4-2-3-1 and I think I'd, I'd be very surprised if they're going to move to five at the back uh, and you, if you see if you saw the, the bit on Sir Jorier in the um, Amazon Prime uh, all or nothing thing on, on, on Tottenham that yeah Serge was very was pushed very far up the pitch so I could see Doherty fitting into Mourinho's plans in, in that sense. Um, at his price point, I, I'd probably stay away from him as well. But then Trent is so expensive. If Doherty settles in well and starts getting assists, that could be quite a helpful um, sort of move there to save you a bit of money, Trent to Doherty. Um, on Ever- and then just on Everton quickly as well, uh, obviously you mentioned James Rodriguez, but they've made quite a few signings, particularly in midfield. And although Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison aren't new signings themselves, I wonder, and something I'll be looking out for, is how those signings impact on their form. Because DCL's underlying stats for the majority of last season were pretty good, although he didn't have a great deal of service and Everton were not really taking the end of the season seriously, to be frank, uh, last year. So um, it'll be very interesting if he's being serviced by James and... um, Richarlison playing out left or Walcott or you know a variety of other players that could be that could be very very interesting as well see how they how they do awesome all right well in that case let's just take a quick break uh, and then we'll we'll return here at the FPL lounge we are keen to hear from you be sure to follow us on twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think during the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Excellent. So welcome back. Um, so next part of our 
inaugural pod, we'll be talking stats versus the eye test. And like I sort of alluded to at the start, this is where we'd usually talk about someone where the stats are telling us one thing, uh, but our eyes are telling us something completely different. And maybe that's some sort of preconception that we've got about a particular player, but they're outperforming um, what we think or, or complete, or perhaps the complete opposite, where we think they look really good, but the stats are telling us that they should be avoided at all costs. However, we've got nothing to go off with what with this being a new season. So what we're going to instead have a quick look at here are some players that have had a significant price rise in the 2020-21 season and whether we think, based on what we saw of them last year, we think that that price rise is justified. Um, there are a few players that we're going to talk about very briefly, Andy. So I'll let you kick off before we perhaps go into a bit more depth on two others. Yeah, sure. So um, two obvious ones that sprung to mind to me on this were Nick Pope and Bruno Fernandes. They're both players who had significant price increases and were owned by a lot of people last season. Uh, now, neither of them are playing this week, so maybe we'll, we'll leave those till next week to go into a bit more detailing. But I think it's safe to say that neither Chris nor I will have, e- have either of those players um, in, our, in our squads for the start of the season. And I think that just kind of says it all in a sense of um, I'm not necessarily, even on last year's points, I'm not 100% sure whether um, the the extra money they now cost is, is, is going to be value there. Do you have any thoughts on them, Chris? Um, I think I would have gone with Bruno if I knew he was playing. I, I might have gone with Bruno had I known he was playing game, or had he been playing game with one. Uh, but for me, that just sort of confirms that I don't particularly want him at, at this new price point. Um, and we can explore perhaps why next week. Nick Pope, for me, you know, I don't go with a goalkeeper that's over 5 million ever and that's just my my FPL goalkeeping strategy so so for me um, I was disappointed to see his rise but it was an expected rise and therefore I will be staying well away two more however and this slightly ties in with our early conversation about strikers and perhaps the, the, the lack of them um, Danny Ings and Jamie Vardy I think Ings's price compared to what he started at last year is up by two and a half million um, he's going to start every game for Southampton, or so we would think. So is he still worth a punt, Andy? Yeah, well, I th- the thing is, I think he might be, um, because like you said, there isn't a, lo- a, a huge amount of forward options. Um, a million less than Werner, I think I'd be, and I am probably going to you know, try and find that million to have Werner instead. Um, and, he, he, you know, he... I, Two and a half million pounds in, in FPL is a lot of money. That's a significant proportion of your, of your kind of overall budget for 15 players. And so to go from six, I, I had him almost from the start actually last season, not, you know, not to be Mr. Aftertimer over here, but um, he did me well, because, uh, but the, I would never have taken a punt on him early in last season had he not been around six, six and a half million. That at eight and a half last season, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got involved. And I think as much as he is a good finisher, he's getting older, he's got injury um, concerns, around him he's always had those in his career and so I think there's just a lot of question marks about whether he can repeat another whatever it was 22 23 goal season um be it on form or on injuries or whatever and and then when you throw Che Adams into the mix getting into the goals towards the end of last season is he going to take away some of the of the um the the sort of goals that Ings would have got so a lot of question marks for me and probably not worth um the eight and a half million but on the other hand 
if he does sort of start off on a on a on a good fit uh, footing, you know, and, and scoring goals like he was towards throughout last season, really, then there might be kind of um, a few more people like looking towards him. Another thing we haven't really actually spoken much about yet is um, fixtures and fixture kind of difficulty, and that's always kind of a key thing to look at. And so um, earlier with the sort of players on the radar, one of the why Chelsea was like one of the first teams we talked about. I suppose it wasn't just because of their um, you know, signing and the fact they've thrown a load of money around, but actually their fixtures, um, their first five fixtures are the sort of second easiest on the fixture difficulty rating um, chart. And that includes a game against Liverpool. Um, so that means the other fixtures, are, you know, uh, on paper, at least a little bit more straightforward. And the similar thing can be said about Southampton. I mean, their um, fifth fixture, so game week five, they play Chelsea. But other than that, the four before that, um, a little bit more straightforward. So they're in the top half of, of, of difficulty should we say and if, if you just look at the first four fixtures they're actually fourth they've got the fourth easiest first four fixtures um so yeah that that is something that may make ings a little bit more um of an attractive prospect yeah i think i think that's completely fair and i think from my point of view i'm skeptical towards ings because i feel a little bit bitter that i didn't get him on get on him early enough last year and i think i've just got it in my head slightly that i don't really want to go near him this year now he's that much more expensive but you know if he's going to score you know even close to the amount of goals that he got got last year then then he's probably well worth it i'm a little bit less um convinced that che adams is going to have a breakout year i think than than some but i do also quite believe in Southampton and, and, and what they seem to be doing and I think that they've kept hold of a lot of their key assets so so I expect them to have have a pretty decent season and if they're going to have a decent season then that's going to be probably heavily down to some of the goals that Danny Ings scores so so yeah I'm a little bit conflicted I think it sounds a little bit like you but perhaps I'm slightly more skeptical um let's move on to to, to Jamie Vardy who's another one who's had not quite to the same extent the price rise but he's gone up a million compared to his starting um starting price last year he was of course the top scoring striker in for in fpl last season um but the last time he started the season at 10 million it was one of his lowest season outputs i mean obviously that's completely down to chance but do you think he's also worth the 10 million that that that, that he's going to cost fpl managers this at the start of this season yeah, well, it's not necessarily completely down to chance, is it? Uh, but 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 I know, I know what you're saying. That there's kind of uh, there's always these natural fluctuations. I mean, Vardy's 33 now, and he, the thing is, he's been proving critics wrong for years. So the fact I'm calling him 33 would probably, you know, I'm sure he'll be listening to this podcast, and it'll only um, spur him on to to score and cup his ears to the stands as he does when he when he does when he does score um, to to make his point. But um, I think again, similar to the Ings thing, really. Although Vardy is fairly consistent to to get uh, as many goals again this year over 20, uh, you know, you've got to think everything's kind of going to be going right for him. Um, and let Leicester still look like a good squad, and they got a good manager in Rodgers. But um, for 10 million, when when Aguero's 10.5, um, again, I think if you can find that half a million for me, Aguero's it, if fit, one of the best, most attractive, and this season well priced fantasy assets there are. So I think I'd be I'd be sort of it's you can't just think about Jamie Vardy in his own right. You've got to you've got to compare the money you're spending on him to what else is around. And when you've got Bruno at ten point five, uh, Werner at nine point five, um, uh, Aguero ten point five, like I've said, there's there's other options which might be better spent for the money. Ha- having said that, on the fixtures thing again, 
Um, Leicester's fixtures, you know, look fairly good um, to, for the start of the season. They are, what are they, joint fourth uh, on the first five fixtures in terms of difficulty. Um, and you know, that, that includes a game away at City. So, you know, the, the, the four fixtures that aren't the City one are West Brom, Burnley, West Ham, Villa. So that's four of their first five fixtures. Um, and I saw something from the official um, FPL uh, site earlier, I think, that said that um, Vardy's scored in every game he's played at West Brom or something like that. He has a very, Or at least he has a very good record away at West Brom, which is where that first kind of game week is. So again, um, especially with City and United not playing in that game week one, I can see if, if, you're, if you're thinking hits or wild cards or transfers, Vardy might be the type of player that you think, Do you know what, first two games against West Brom and Burnley, yep, I'll have, I'll have some of that and try and find a way to make the money work to get City United players in after that. Yeah, I think I completely agree. He, he just reminds me, he reminds me a little bit of Tom Brady in the NFL in the sense that a lot of fans are just waiting for him to to fall off a cliff and he doesn't seem to show any signs of doing so. Um, 10 million puts me off for the same reasons I think that it does you. But but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd am i be reluctant to, to doubt him because yeah, I can see that see some recriminations coming on on some later pods if we were to do so. Um, shall we move on and talk about game week one captaincy or are there any further points that you'd like to make on, on some of these? Um, well, other other than you know, we we wouldn't want to be accused of sitting on the fence. But ultimately, like like I kind of mentioned earlier, we're we're here trying to offer up both sides of the argument. There, right? We're trying to talk you through our thinking and, and how we're weighing up. You know, like like I said about Vardy, the, the 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 pros of his of his early fixtures versus the cons of his of his price compared to sort of his peers. Um, and I think pe- people have got to kind of listen to those arguments and 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 make their own decisions. However, you know, I think like I said, for the purposes of not being accused of sitting on the fence, we're both kind of saying we are steering away from him. So it's just to kind of, I guess, at least put that out there. Um, but, but people have got to make their own calls. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Jamie Vardy will come back to bite us at some point in the season, although he basically won you some of your mini leagues last year, I believe, didn't he? So um, his goal certainly did. Yeah, him, him and Ings, I think. Perhaps so. Anyway, let's talk about captaincy. I think this is this is an opportunity for us to mention some of the more um, you know traditional FPL names that we perhaps have only briefly covered so far. Um, obviously, without Man City and Man United playing in game week one, it does limit the options somewhat. But still, some of the big six teams do have some fairly nice looking fixtures early doors. Um, so let's kick off then with newly uh, allocated midfielder Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. I mean, he seems like he's going to be in a, a lot of teams um, this year. He kicks things off at, you know, with the first game of the season. Arsenal are away, but they're away to Fulham. Last time they were in the Premier League, Fulham couldn't defend for Toffee. So this seems like a fairly obvious one, but one that could reap some pretty early early, early rewards. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think um, I, we, we we can't obviously see stats as soon as as soon as the game week starts, we'll be able to see captaincy stats, and that'll be very interesting because to me, I can't see how Aubameyang isn't in a lot of people's thinkings. Um, like like we mentioned earlier, with the whole lack of City and United assets, um, he's got to be someone that 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 a lot of people have got in their team um, because of him being reclassified. His price has gone up quite a bit, to be fair, compared to last season. He's now 12 million, so it's like equal to Salah and and more than De Bruyne, actually. Um, But um, obviously with him being kind of Arsenal's main man, their captain scoring a lot of goals last season, yeah, and now getting five points per goal, 
away at a promoted team it's almost your uh, your kind of dream sort of start there so he's, he's got to be in most people's thinking he's in my team and I think he's very likely going to be getting the armband from me this week how about you have you have you have you had many thoughts about your captain in particular I haven't yeah I mean I think I think I would look towards the the Aubameyang or Mohamed Salah route um again I think Salah and Mane are, are obviously two 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 you know pretty standard captaincy picks um they were probably in the conversation almost every game week last season and they're almost certainly injuries providing going to be in the same conversation this year i think leeds is an interesting first fixture for liverpool and and i'm not convinced that liverpool will be as defensively sound as they were um as, as they were last last season so i can see this being a bit of a tricky one for them also leeds you know they have do have a pretty tight defense although um they did lose ben white in the summer so but irrespective you know Mane and salah can tear any team apart, whether you know, whether you're Man City or whether you're um, sort of relegation fodder. So uh, I think I, th- I think that they're you know, both going to be popular. I wouldn't want to say which one. I think I've always tended to opt for Salah in my fantasy team over Mane, and therefore, um, and I've never really owned both. So if I had to pick, I would probably just air towards Salah. But I can't really say why. I think I've just had a bit of a bit of a biased preference for for him and uh and and yeah he 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 currently is in my team but my team needs some serious work before before game week one so i'm, I'm hopeful that, I've, that i'm going to be able to put some time into it um i mean if, if it was up to you again would you pick one of those over Young, perhaps or or do you think that you know they're both sort of equally meritable well, to give yourself some, um, you know, respectability there, and I think you're being a bit too harsh on yourself. Ultimately, a lot of people end up choosing Salah over Mane uh, because of penalties, um, and uh, th- th- it's very close on the two of them. I've seen some people making arguments for Mane um, this week or this season because uh, uh, because his home record last year, Mane was particularly good, and this first fixture obviously is 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 a home one for them. Um, so maybe if I had Mane, I'd be more inclined to to stick the captain on him. I think similarly to you, I've heard a lot. I, I have to confess, I haven't seen a lot of Leeds, so I would be I would prefer to be making decisions about Leeds having seen them myself. But from what I've read, the stats I've seen and what I've heard others say, they have a pretty good defensive um, record, um, quite sort of low expected goals conceded over the last few seasons in the Championship, albeit the Championship. Um, so uh, that you know. If, if that kind of continues, um, yeah, will it be as straightforward for Liverpool as, as as everyone thinks? I'm not sure. So just because there's like a few question marks there and Fulham, you know, have are more prone to conceding goals, I probably would um, look more towards Bamiang. But I think, you know, there could be... You could easily see Salah scoring a couple of goals or Mane scoring a couple of goals. And if you've got the armband on him and a lot of other people don't, that could be quite useful for you. So they're definitely very credible options. Excellent. And then I think just two more players, perhaps, that we can mention very briefly. One we've already spoken about, Jamie Vardy. I mean, if he does have such a great record um, against against West Brom, then, then perhaps he's, he's worth um, taking a punt on. And I guess the other one, again, we have already mentioned him, Timo Werner. I mean, you know, Brighton usually do have a, a fairly OK defence, but um, I think we're all expecting goals this year from from, from Timo Werner. And, uh, and you, you know, would potentially back him to, to get off the mark um, on his debut. He's obviously been tra- training with Chelsea uh, for, for quite a while. The move was confirmed fairly early in the window. So she'd expect him to be pretty match sharp, knows the system and would be ready ready to go game week one. Um, 
harder to come up with any wildcard sort of captain choices this week, Andy. So do you think that's basically covered it? Well, I mean, obviously you mentioned um, Vardy. I think he's a slight sort of wildcard one there. Um, there there's, I, I've heard some rumours that um, Giroud might be starting for Chelsea and and, see, and um, Werner play on the left. So not necessarily that's to say that Giroud is a, is a, a definite, but that would be quite a wild card shout potentially, uh, Giroud. Um, and then um, sort of maybe Kane or, or or Son, although Everton aren't the most straightforward of opposition. Um, you know that they they both sort of look in decent form. As much as we said, you can't take preseason into account too much. That they've both sort of looked in in decent form there. So so Kane or, or Son, I guess, would be alternative picks. Just just to say on Werner though as well quickly that um, it's interesting. This is, there's a weird sort of quirk with this one in that Chelsea played Brighton away, the exact same fixture that they're playing in game week one just a couple of weeks ago in a pre-season friendly. And Ziyech and Werner actually combined in that game. Ziyech assisted a goal for Werner. So yeah, that's that's an interesting one. And I, I think. Um, Obviously, it sounds like he may play on the left, but if he plays through the middle, Werner, that could definitely could definitely be an option. Will Lightning strike twice? I guess we will find out uh, this 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 weekend. Um, let's round things off then, Andy, by playing uh, our favourite game. But let's introduce it to everybody else. We're calling this "Who the Heck is Stat," and the idea of this game is that every week we'll alternate and by and read out five clues for the other person for any player in FPL. Uh, there are some rules around the player. They have to have be above 5% ownership. Um, and I think that was it, Andy, right? I think that was the only one, Chris. Yeah, they've got to yeah. be owned by at least 5% of managers. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we'll give every, each of us, we'll have an opportunity to guess. Um, so after, if we get it after one clue, we get five points. After the second clue, we get four points and so on and so forth until the final clue, which should be fairly obvious we have experimented with this before and he's done particularly well i've done less well so let's see how we go andy are you ready for who the heck is stat i am chris yep let's do it excellent so clue one this player has enjoyed three fpl seasons so is about to enter his fourth and has scored a total of 385 fpl points in his career who the heck is stat so obviously, you know, me and you talk through the various um, aspects of this pod before we start it to see where we're, what we're thinking. This section we don't talk about. However, it's funny because I was looking at some players for my team earlier and I was looking at a, a similar a, a player who sounds very similar to this. So I wonder, I mean, this could be absolute scenes, but I've, I've got to guess just because a player I was looking at earlier, it was their fourth season um, in FPL. I was thinking about getting in my team. So I'm going to go Harvey Barnes. Breathing a big sigh of relief that you're not going to get it on the first go. Um, No, it is not Harvey Barnes. Okay. Clue two. In his three FPL seasons, he has played every single minute in two of them. Who the heck is that? Every single minute in two of them. Three FPL seasons. So a team that came up sort of three or four years ago. So it can't probably be Wolves. Perhaps Newcastle, maybe. Sounds about maybe when they might have come up. Or Burnley when they came up again, perhaps. Mm, this is this is tricky. This is tricky, this one. Um, every single minute. 
mm, I wonder I wonder what people at home are thinking at this point because they I, I I bet you there's fans of the team right who who would know which of their players has played every minute for their team in the past two seasons. Um, just to say, obviously, like you know, Chris and I, when we're when we're trying to answer these, aren't looking at. I could quite easily now just you know go on to the FPL website and start trying to trawl through for some stats, but I'm I'm not doing that because would, that would kind wouldn't of... be in the spirit of the game, would it, Andy? No, absolutely, it wouldn't. So, okay, I'm going to go for a Newcastle player then, but I can't think of one of those who would necessarily have played every single minute. <sighs> because of all the injuries and things they have. Mm, maybe I can't go for a Newcastle player. I need to think of another team. Or I guess it could be just that the players come in, not necessarily the team. Won't be Sheffield United. Oh, right. For the sake of having a guess, I'm going to go for John Joe Shelby. It is not John Joe Shelby. So, clue three. This player's points haul is all the more impressive because he has never scored a Premier League goal. Uh, Who the heck is that? So likely a keeper then, um, possibly a defender, but likely a, a keeper, um, you know, particularly because of the played every minute thing. Um, see, it's going on my Newcastle thing. Before I said John Joe Shelby, I was thinking to Bravka, but I wasn't sure he'd had three seasons. Um, so... Um, not scored a single goal either. I suppose it could be a defender. Um, think about Leicester, but uh, hmm, you got me stumped on this one. Okay, let's. Oh, okay. I've, I've got. I've got a guess. I'm gonna say Edison. It is not Edison. Okay. So clue four, this is for two points then. In this player's three FPL seasons, he has started at the same price, four and a half million, every time. So say that again. In how many? In the in... player's three FPL seasons, so three previous FPL seasons, he has started at the same price, which is four and a half million, every time. Right, so 380-something points, you said. 385. So he's scoring a decent amount. He's getting like 130 points a season, and he's been, but he's remained at 4.5 million the whole time. I mean, obviously that may have fluctuated in the season. So, so the clue is he's started at the same price, four and a half million every time. I can right. also tell you that he also starts at four and a half million this season. Hmm. Still doesn't help me a great deal. But um, because I'm thinking, you know, four and a half could 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 mean um, defenders still or 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 keepers. Hmm. Okay. Let's say Eric Peters. It's not Eric Peters. So then, for the final clue, and this perhaps isn't as as easy as some of the other final clues that we've had when we've been practicing this, but this oh, player's 2020 to 21 ownership currently stands at 21.1%, the joint highest among his position group. Which is what? 
Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't know, but my guess would be, uh, you know what? Let me let me have a let me have a quick look. So amongst uh, his position group, you know what that is. Yeah, but let me just say something that might throw you off. Okay, yeah. So the um, the the, the, the joint highest position, the joint highest ownership for a defender is well above twenty one point one percent. Well, that is what I was thinking. It was making me think. So that's think why I went for the goalkeeper. Word. Yeah. So 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 joint. He's the he's the highest owned in joint highest owned. Joint highest someone, owned. So someone else has twenty one point one percent. I mean, I'm not sure if we go into multiple decimal places where where it stands, but okay. I'm you... gonna say then, Matt Ryan. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, he's got it at one finally. Point. Matt oh, Ryan God. is he? Who the heck is that? That is Matt Ryan. This ah, see, I, I, when you said he's had three seasons, so have Brighton been in the Premier League three seasons now. Uh, well, this will be their fourth. Yeah, yeah. So I think wow. they have one, um, sort of one and a half under Hewton and then one and a half under Potter, haven't they? Right. Yeah. So um, and then yeah, he has played every single minute in two of the seasons, and the one he didn't was when he was at the. Uh, is it the gold it's not the gold cup is it whatever cup it is where he represents australia in the middle of the season right yeah yeah no i mean i mean so i'd when you gave that first or early clue about the um the three four the three seasons that kind of put me off Bright. i was looking down my list of teams and, and that just sort of put me off brighton straight away they did i think i did mention them briefly but i thought no it's too, too I, I thought they'd only maybe had two so yeah oh well at least i got at least i got it but yeah well true but yes, you got there in the end. So that's one point for Andy. We'll see if I can better that next week. Um, so Andy, I think this pod has gone on long enough, but we always thought that this might be slightly longer because it was our first sort of first game week preview. Um, but thank you very much. I look forward to speaking to you throughout the, the weekend, talking about all of the football and its impact on FPL. I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss before the 11 a, the 11 a.m. deadline on the Friday as well. Where can people interact with us on social media, Andy? Yeah, well, so I mentioned it briefly earlier, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge. Don't forget that underscore. It's very important at FPL underscore lounge. And like we say, you can, um, we really do want to know what you think because we're, we're, we're trying to do something a little bit different to some of the other FPL podcasts out there. Like we say, we're not telling you loads necessarily about our team specifically. We're trying to um, talk through a few sort of different options that we're thinking about and kind of, and give you the kind of reasons for and against those various different things. And then, you know, like we say we we really sort of strongly advocate people kind of making their own calls and and it would be great to hear what what decisions you ended up um coming up with yeah we look forward to hearing from you all but until next time uh which will be next week we'll be doing a game week one review uh not 100 sure when that will be out yet but we'll get it to you as soon as we can until then see you later goodbye <laughs>